Welcome to another podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, and I'm so excited today. Our guest, Jerry Stackhouse, the head coach of Vanderbilt University. Stack, welcome, my friend. Thank you, coach. I appreciate you having me. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, you know, we were together in Detroit, uh, I guess it was 99 or 2000 season when Joe Dumars took over as president. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I think you were the leading scorer in the league that year. Uh, and I, and and just an amazing, amazing uh, player and competitor, and and you know, and I've always admired you from afar. But working with you and watching you play every game that season uh, <laughs> just showed me the special stuff that you were all about. And you competed for so many years in the league as a player. Whatever prompted you to get into coaching. Well, I think even then, I mean, even back then, um, I had a, just a, a passion for kind of helping the guys that were the younger guys. So, I mean, even though I was still playing and then probably in the prime of my career, you know, it was the, the rookie kids that came in that got drafted. I gravitated to those guys. I didn't really have that, you know, those early years in Philadelphia. So I think I kind of longed to have, you know, that, that veteran presence, someone to kind of show you the way. It was a lot of trial and error for, for me those early years. Uh, until I finally got to to Detroit, and we were around some veterans, you know, like Joe Dumars, like you know Grant Long, you know Rick Mahorn, those guys were still in the locker room. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, you know, so I appreciate that value and wanted to make sure that I always tried to be that that voice, and you know, and, and provide a leadership for the, for the younger guys. So I think that it was just a natural thing that. And then once I went to Dallas with um, and played for Avery. You know, he gave me a lot of responsibility of, you know, it's like, I, you know, instead of them hearing my voice all the time, Stack, you can, you know, run a film session, you know, take the guys through it, you know, understand the game. So I, I think I really, you know, just took that, took the mantle and ran with it. And, and then as I got toward the end of my career, uh, my son was in middle school and he was, uh, I had a little bit of time. I went and watched him play an AAU game and they were just rolling the balls out. And I was like, man, I got some time I can. I, you know, I can help these kids learn the game, and, and lo and behold, I did. I started with a, a, a seventh grade AAU group, and all of a sudden, we just they started learning, and I, and I got more excited because they was learning, and we were winning, and you know, beating teams with you know supposedly way more talent, but we had an understanding of how to play. So just from that, uh, my my. AAU program grew. I got a sponsorship from Adidas. I started doing some stuff with their Adidas Nations. Uh, took a couple teams to to Europe for for the Euro Camp and was able to get in front of some general managers and coaches. And I think they were understanding that I was serious about you know like the way our, our, my guys played and kind of my demeanor on the sideline. I got a call from Masai um, about possibly coming up and uh, you know interviewing for a job. They was looking to add a former player they want to have a former former player on staff and I you know, went up and met with Dwayne Casey you know got the job you know I was under Dwayne Casey for a year um that the year after that they asked me to to coach the G League team I coached the G League team for for two years we had you know some unbelievable success there winning the championship getting back to the finals the next year um and from there I was uh, they made a change with coach Casey and I was here I was interviewing for the head coaching job for, for the Raptors in just that short amount of time. Um, obviously, they decided to go move forward with uh, Nick Nurse as the head coach. From there, I took an assistant job with Memphis. 
And a year later, I get a call from um, Malcolm Turner, who I worked with in, in the in the G League. who was the president of the G League while I was there. Um, he saw me saw me work firsthand and, and offered me an opportunity once he um, got the AD job at, at Vanderbilt. And here I am. So pretty 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 fast but uh but but a lot of a lot a lot of steps along the way you know what when uh you know we crossed paths um you know during the summer when i was uh you know for 10 11 years running the players association uh coaching program at the top 100 camp and you would come by there and i and i saw immediately uh the rapport that you know you had the way you connected with players, the best players in the country at that age group. And just because you played in the league, we both know that doesn't mean the player, you know how to connect to them, right? Right. I mean, we right. both know you played with guys that shit, they can't, they can't say nothing to a kid. They don't, they can only stay within themselves, but you were always trying to help players to, to get better. And I, I, I thought that was remarkable. And I knew, uh, First of all, you had this incredible credibility with them. The rapport that you had, the way you communicated with people—you were natural. And 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 I thought when you know when you, when you went to Toronto, I thought that was a brilliant move by yourself, but also by Masai. You know, and I and I think that was that was fantastic. Um, the thing that really really uh, got me was you know when you were um, probably. Uh, at Toronto it was. I was really, and we talked about it that summer uh, when you went from an assistant coach to become the G League coach. A player of your stature, you know, a very, very high draft choice, a guy that, you know, literally was an all-star, you know, one of the best players in the league, to later on say, I'll coach a G League team. Uh, I thought it was brilliant on your part, but you also said it was really it really w- was what really gave you that uh, experience, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, you know, I think it's great then to be, you know, and then I had both sides. Some people were like, man, you're already in NBA. Just kind of wait. Just, you know, be patient. You're behind the bench. You'll be on the bench in, in no time. But I just felt like there was always going to be a, somewhat of a stigma, you know, that we deal as, that we deal with as former players, right? You mm-hmm. know, and, and I think, uh, that stigma would always be there of not having head coaching experience. Well, as much as I've done at the grassroots level um, or whatnot, it still wouldn't have been, you know, looked at as, as real, you know, head coaching experience. And here I had an opportunity to go and coach a professional team um, with, you know, professional players in a great organization. Uh, like I said, I mean, you know, big, big hats off and big thanks to Messiah, man. Like you know, of all the teams that I played for, you know, for me to get an opportunity, I, I had to go out of the country to get an opportunity. I did the same the thing. That, I worked in yeah. Toronto for Isaiah, so uh, I get it. Yeah. It, it. It's a special town, you know. It's a great place, and and Masai's a Masai is is the guy. I mean, he is really one of the. Did you? Were you? Tell me about this. Tell me what you learned as a head coach that you didn't know or hadn't experienced before? No, I just think um, a lot of things. I mean, the thing, the G League is so great because you have to put where all the hats. You have to be, yep. you know, somewhat general manager. You got to be, you know, trainer, you know, everything. <laughs> you know, you get to, you know, travel, you know, um, doing everything from the standpoint of logistics of where you travel, hotels. It gives you a great 
uh, platform to to understand the dynamics of a, of a pro team. You know, even though I've been around the league and I kind of know how it works, it's still having to make those decisions on a day to day basis, and you know, manage egos and manage rosters, and you know, with the, the fluctuation of guys coming coming up and down, and you know, adding new players. Uh, it just gave me, I thought, a, a heads up on knowing that I, you know, you just have to have a system, have a plan in place because you never know, you know, what players could possibly be here. So I think, you know, so I, I think it helps me at this level that I never really worry about injuries. I just try to worry about, okay, let's try to find another way to get it done. You know, you don't spend so much time worrying about what you don't have. You just try to focus on what you do have. So that was a great experience from, from that standpoint. And like I said, Osir was, you know, he had a, a vision. He was a visionary from the standpoint of understanding, um, you know, my talents and, and, and being able to, to put me in a position to really almost to like take a step back was to take two steps forward. So I probably would still be sitting on, a, could possibly, not, not, sure. not saying certain, but could possibly just be sitting behind the bench as an assistant. And I just felt like I had a lot to teach. I think coaching is teaching and, and, and I, I enjoy teaching i enjoy coming up with new ways every day to try to get inside the guy's head for him to understand that this is what he needs to do consistently day to day to be really good and um try to make them make the most out of his talent so i think that's the um that's what i love most about it you know just being able able to share and i've um you know been been really good you know the teaching and development of getting better and it's a great model because that model that I had to have in the G League with, with those guys that are want, right on the precipice of being pro players, you know, you deal with that all day. I mean, every every guy that comes to college feels like he's going to be a pro, right? <laughs> every so, one of them. So every one of them. So it's like, okay, the ones that are that really have that talent, I think we have uh, – my experience gives me a, a blueprint of, of what they need to work on and have an eye for the things that – um, they need to be prepared for because, like I tell them all the time, it's not about getting there. You know, the thing is, a lot of players get there, but how do you stay there? You know, and, I, and like I said, because of my, you know, my track record, my my history, having longevity of, of, of being in that league a long time, being an all star at that level. Like I said, I don't have to worry about are they listening or do I have their attention because they all want to get there. So mm-hmm. that's one benefit that. That I have that, you know, okay, now I got, I got the eyes and I ear in the ears. Now let's just, you know, try to, try to learn what we need to do. And that's what I'm saying. And even though we're dealing with highly, like, really educated kids here at Vanderbilt, you know, it doesn't necessarily, the, the retention, even though they can, they understand the information, understand everything, the retention and the application doesn't necessarily, you know, accelerated for them they still got to get those reps to be able to uh, be able to do it consistently uh after this time out jerry i want to come back and i want to talk about one of the great buzzwords in coaching and that is player development after this time out we'll be back with jerry stackhouse fast model sports is the world's most comprehensive versatile basketball coaching software to help power your preparation Fast Model has developed the industry's best coaching software, including the number one play diagramming and playbook software, FastDraw. FastDraw bridges the gap between whiteboarding and the digital world with an incredibly easy-to-use interface that can be used on both your computer and iPad to providing maximum portability for your own personal play and drill database. 
It doesn't stop there. Along with FastPro, they have other great programs such as Fast Scout, which helps coaches create clean, professional scouting reports customized for your team. Fast Model is trusted and used by all NBA and WNBA teams, 85% of Division I college teams, and over 8,000 high school and youth teams from over 75 countries around the world. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 5,000 free plays and drills on their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. We're back with our Coaching You podcast with Jerry Stackhouse. Stack, one of the things that, uh, you know, we talk about all the time in coaching, whether it be recruiting at, uh, you know, every kid that you recruited, uh, even Scotty Pippen must have said, yeah, hey, you're going to develop my kid. Not that he had to worry about that. But, you know, you know, every parent and every high school coach, every AAU coach says, you know, they're, they're interested in that. And every coach says, oh, we, we do a great job in player development, you know. But, <laughs> you, you know, but you really were doing player development with the G League. Talk about the guys that you had on that G League team and what they're doing right now on the Raptors. It's scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it is kind of surreal. I say it, man, when you look at those guys that we were a part of that team, the Fred Van Vliet, um, Pascal, Siakam, um, Norm Powell, you know what I'm saying, those guys that uh, Malcolm Miller, you know, the guys that's uh, uh, Alfonso McKinney, who was with the yes, Golden State Warriors, all those player. guys that were that we had down there, um, you know, and, and we were comp- competing, man, understanding that there was a way. You know, you're gonna get your opportunity at that next level, but we're coming down here. We're serious. It's not, you know, we're not playing. You know, you come down here. It's not a break from from being with the big club. When you come down here, we're gonna work. You know, we got. You know, they used to. I was known for those seventeens. Like I said, we didn't you know anything else. We were gonna be in shape. <laughs> so, yeah, little, so Dean, little Dean Smith in you, huh? Little end. Dean Smith in you. I like that. Yeah. Oh uh, no, but yeah. but it's like I said, it's a key buzzword of development. But you know, I always say that. Yeah, you you got to come in, and I was always on those guys about getting extra work. When I was a, a, a sister behind the bench with Casey. Fred, um, you know, Pascal, when they weren't playing, well, let's go upstairs. We're going to play two on two. We're going to play on three on three. We're going to work on this. We're going to, you know, work on some reads. And, but the thing about those guys, they had the, they had the heart and they had the competitiveness. I mean, the first time I saw Fred Van Vliet was out at, um, Gerg's, you know, yeah, um, in the summer. And he was undrafted. Like I walked up to him and started bumping around with him, playing one on one before things even got started. And next thing you know, because we in a full sweat, me and this boy going at it. One, I, I didn't even know who he was, but I just saw the toughness about him. I knew like, he's gonna be good. He's gonna, you know, he's coming in on a non-guaranteed, you know, got a slim shot at make the team, and he made the team, you know. And I so that says something about him. You know, we can talk all we want to about how great our player development, our development yeah. is. You got to have some guys with some heart that want to be great. And I think those two, when you talk about him and Pascal and Norm and just his competitiveness, I mean, like, we used to, I mean, like, I playing one-on-one. He always wanted to play one-on-one. And like, right? To the point where he was, you know, mad at me every day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, 
Uh, but now you see him and, and what they were able to accomplish last year. I mean, Nick, I mean, like all those guys, I give credit to them because I mean, I learned from Nick and like to feel like the conversations and different things that we had that we really learned and helped each other to be able to go and accomplish what they were ultimately able to, to accomplish last year. And, you know, like I said, even without Kawhi, I think they got just as good a shot at it again just because those guys have an understanding of how to play together. It's a, there's a culture up there about how to do things. And, and like I said, Masai uh, was the mastermind behind it all. Isn't that something? You know, Van Fleet is amazing. Uh, you know, right now, the way he's playing, I mean, he, he he's just one of those guys that all 30 clubs want a guy like him on your team, right? I mean, just, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. there's, I don't care what you got to guard, you want him on your team, which is such a credit. Uh, and then to turn Siakam into a max player, I mean, yeah. that is, that's phenomenal. I mean, that's what you got to really be proud of that, you know, I always say that coaching is about taking players where they can't take themselves. And that, and that's right. what, and that's what you did with those guys. And, and Norm Powell is one of the most underrated skill players in the league, I think. And man, he competes, you know. So those are guys. And I remember when, uh, you were playing in the, uh, in your G League playoffs, those guys were going back and forth between NBA playoffs, or, you know, or end yeah. of the season games too, right? You know. Yeah. I mean, especially the second year, I mean, we had those guys, uh, you know, periodically throughout the year and then in the uh, week because we got guys called up i had like two guys that were all-stars for me in that that made that first year even more so they got called up right at the beginning of the playoffs so we were like without two of our 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 best two players um axel tupang got called up to new orleans and and uh, eddie tavares got called up to cleveland so you know we were and then we had Fred and Pascal come down there and really skip a beat because they understood what we, you know, during the course of the season when they were down on assignment. Again, we have a have a way, and these guys just picked it up. And you know, a lot of times with Fred, like you said, we talk about all of our you know great coaching and great sets and all that. It's just like get the ball to Fred and get out the way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> do it, do what you do. And and he's he was special in that way. And and. And, and Pascal, like I said, just his competitiveness, man. Feel like he didn't feel like anybody could was going to stop him from from being where he's at right now. And just to to be able to look at, like, man, those were our guys just a couple of years ago. It is, you know, it that's, is gratifying for that, sure. That's for sure. Talk about the people that have really been influential in your life, as they were your coaches. Uh, and and I always think that the coach that you have, whether it be high school, college or in the pros there, you know, you talked about the influence of teaching that you give to your players. They were teaching you talk about some of those people and give me some highlights of them. Yeah. I think it started even early on for me and my junior high school coach, um, Robert Murphy. You know, he was like, he was big on conditioning, big on like pressure defense. We were like a a pressing team. You put a lot of pressure on guys. So I had a little bit of that, you know, in my background and just always wanted to be in the, in the best shape knowing that okay um if, if it comes down to it you know all things equal skill wise skill set shooting whatever now it's just having a, a bigger heart more toughness so i think from from him i got that uh i just think when i got to high school my uh, paul jones who was one of the winningest coaches in north carolina was uh, was still big on strength conditioning he was the first one to really introduce me to weights and then all of a sudden i saw you know, pretty good athletic ability turned into, you know, 
well above average athletic ability. And then, you know, go to North Carolina with Coach Smith and just have the game, you know, just broken down to you from a very, you know, organic, you know, way, you know, of how it should be played, um, both offensively and defensively and, and having those, you know, principles and foundation in me as I became a pro. And from there, I just had a, a number of guys. I you know, started with John Lucas uh, when I was in um, Philadelphia and, you know, Doug Collins, you know, let me Larry Brown, you know, Philadelphia. And so just a number of guys, but I think probably the ones that step out to me, I mean, they stand out to me the most, probably Rick Carlisle is one, you know, because that was the first time that we really won at a big level. I mean, mm-hmm. I had had some individual success, but when he came to Detroit, we started to really have some big team success. Um, and, and then in, in, in Dallas, where we went and played for uh, Don Nelson at first and then, then Avery, you know, and I just thought it was, uh, you know, kind of a carbon copy of what I learned under Coach Smith again. And I think it was just a direct connection, kind of Coach Smith with Larry Brown, Larry Brown with Greg Popovich and, Popovich with with Avery Johnson too. It's like, man, I finally found, you know, I finally found it. I found the the the, the coach that has the same kind of blueprint and identity of how I feel the game should supposed to be played on both sides of the ball, and you know, and then that translates into a trip to the to the finals as we lost to Miami in the um, infamous you know, up series of um, Dwayne Wade shooting foul shots but again <laughs> I watched the story but I watched it yesterday I watched the really documentary <laughs> yesterday yes did you uh, yeah I happened to by chance there's nothing else on TV and I happened to watch it and boy it, it, it was amazing what happened in that series um, so you were you know you played for great coaches now and 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 that is incredible the people you played for I mean you talk about an Hall of Fame list. Um, Rick Carlisle, I worked with in New Jersey with Chuck Daly, his first year coaching. We kept him on our staff. I brought the great Paul Silas over from Pat Riley. I went there. Chuck went there from Detroit. And we had one more spot, and Rick was on Bill Fitch's staff. And we said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm out of a job. I said, "I said, Chuck, let's keep him. And that's how Rick got started. And uh, it's, it may, you talk about luck sometimes, right? Yeah, Kept, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I mean, Rick was, Rick was, you know, I think the thing from him, it was always about kind of working the game. Like, you know, the game is going to be, and there's going to be ebbs and flows of the game. Teams are going to make a run, but we just wanted to be consistent. And I think those were some of the, the main things that I, I, you know, I take away from him. And again, being out and rolling his sleeve up. You know, he was really big on individual development mm-hmm. and, you know, him getting out and grinding with me, pushing on me in the post and, you know, getting a little isolation plays at the free throw line. The step off game became probably one of the, you know, one of the biggest parts of my game, stepping guys off and getting in isolation situations. Those were things that I worked on and, and learned, you know, with, with Rick and things that I still, you know, teach to this day for guys in isolation situations. And, you know, and just to put, didn't know that he didn't mind putting that, that sweat equity in. And I right. think no matter, you know, that that's what I you know really enjoy too. Not only can I tell him what to do, I can still get out there and show, show him what him. to do. Yeah, and that's, I, and I think that's, in, that's hugely in, in, in important. And, you know, again, like there's the, the Rick, I mean, like there's other guys like Scott Skiles. When I was in yeah. just with, you know, I played with Scott Skiles as a, 
a rookie in Philadelphia and then I played for him and he was coaching Milwaukee for a year and just, you know, different things that I, you know, from a zone standpoint, I mean, I still use some of those things I learned from uh, playing, playing for Scott, you know, and then I think you pick up a little bit from everybody and try to, you know, make it, make it your own. And that's what I've been able to do. I think it's really important as a coach that you're open-minded, especially as a young coach, you're open-minded to keep continually learn and, and, and put it, the things that you like into your style and system, you know, as opposed to saying, no, that's make believe you were a Carolina guy only and that, no, that's not, that's the Carolina way. No, I'm not doing it, you know, cause I saw Krzyzewski do it. No, no. If it's good, you know, bring it to you yourself too. Right. And I think it's, yeah. I think that's so important uh, in the development of a coach so that I always used to say, uh, Chuck Daly had this great line stack. He'd, he'd say, uh, you know, we, we'd put in a play after we just got our ass kicked with it like the week before on the road and, right. and we put that play in and I'd say, isn't that a, you know, play that hurt us in Golden State last week? He said, yeah, I'll give him credit for it once. Then it's mine, you know. And, right, right, and right. If I like it, I'll steal it. Yeah. Now, I, thought, I, <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was great, you know. Uh, but after this next time out, I want to come back and I want to talk about your experience at Vandy. Okay? Okay. Be right back after this timeout. Let's take a second to tell you about one of our partners, Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish basketball shooting machines are the most high-tech and durable basketball shooting machines on the market. Each shooting machine was designed specifically for high-repetition training to allow players to improve through technology. Dr. Dish offers game-like training to give hundreds of shooting reps in just minutes and provide powerful analytics to help players improve their game. Dr. Dish has also introduced Skill Builder, which is the first of its kind in the basketball shooting machine industry that enables players and coaches to stay connected, design and upload training exercises, and instantly receive feedback on their workout, allowing for real-time adjustments and improved performance. It is, without question, the most innovative basketball training machine on the market. To learn more about Dr. Dish, log on to drdishbasketball.com or follow them on Twitter at drdishbball. Don't forget to mention Coaching You and receive $300 off on your next Dr. Dish purchase. That's right. Mention Coaching You or the podcast and get $300 off your Dr. Dish. We're back with Jerry Stackhouse, the head coach of Vanderbilt University. You're on the staff at Memphis and uh, with a terrific young coach in J.B. Bickerstaff, now the head coach at Cleveland. Uh, really loved J.B. And, uh, and, and, and I thought, as an insider-outsider, that you are ready to be an NBA head coach. I mean, everyone that's calling me, uh, teams and stuff, they ask me for four names, three names. You're one of them on every every job opening. Uh, you know, so you were, I mean, that's the way you were trained. You're a pro. And then all of a sudden, Malcolm comes to you and wants to talk to you about becoming a college coach. Okay? Right. What What's your process and how did you go about thinking college versus pro? And the thing, it just happened so fast. I mean, I was really kind of gearing up to probably go into the off season thinking about interviewing with right. um, with NBA teams only. I didn't really think about college at all, sure. honestly. Um, you know, obviously, you know, coming from North Carolina, that's just you know, kind of in the back of your mind, always a dream job of going back home at some point, right? But 
that's um, but other than that, you know, it was just more about pro teams and trying to because again, that's the game that I know, the game that I've been around for the last you know twenty twenty five twenty six years. So it just made sense. But then, you know, like I said, I started in grassroots. So I was dealing with high school kids. Um, then I was getting them, you know, after that. So it's just like that bridge between there was college. So now I have an opportunity to talk about possibly going there and 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 having an impact um in some way as well so it was just and then i you know um malcolm reached out and um the next thing i know of you know they come to to memphis and things kind of escalated pretty quickly and you know i you know i started reading up on vanderbilt started reading up on the sec because i mean for, you know man you know where we come from i'm acc country so <laughs> so, so you didn't even know there was another league the, yeah <laughs> So I had to catch up a little bit and I make sure I knew all the schools at the conference. But I think once I, uh, once I was like, man, you know, and then learned about, you know, the academic standards uh, here and, uh, just kind of how it sets itself apart, man. I'm like, it feels like my, my, my kind of, kind of place, uh, a, a little bougie, but know how to party. I, I like <laughs> so it wound up being, uh, man, and like I said, it's just the opportunity to coach and teach again, man. That was the, the draw to me more than anything. Like, it's great being, like, I, I enjoyed being, um, you know, working for, for Casey that year, last year um, with, with JB, you know, a great guy to work for, but it's nothing like having your own, man. It's right. like the, for, the different from being a head coach and as a, an assistant is being able to make suggestions as opposed to making decisions, and I like to make decisions. And that's the and I got an opportunity that you know I didn't know what was going to happen with the pro teams, but here I had something that was re- ready ready to go. And like um, my mom always say, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. <laughs> so I, I think I really understood that when, when when that situation came about. No, without a doubt. Uh, when you um, when you got on campus and you took the job. Of course, there's that euphoria of that happening. And then what were your biggest uh, learning things now going forward? A, putting a staff together, scheduling. Uh, you're the CEO now of a business as opposed to in the NBA. <laughs> everything's done for you. You know, this, you don't, as general manager or head coach, you don't have to do schedules. The league does it for you. Recruiting, sure. it's different. It's uh, the draft. And free agency, you know, it's. I wish we had that in college, actually, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah lo- but it's it, tough. Like yeah. said, there's no ten day contract. <laughs> yeah, I know. Get hurt, it's over. It's over. <laughs> it's yeah, a there's no yeah. G League to call a guy up, you know, and uh, and and so it, this is really a hard business, I say, and it's, and it's really almost a different sport than pro basketball because the rules are different, etc. Uh, but talk about let's talk about the learning curve. What what went into when you first got it? putting a staff together for you i knew uh, i think the best thing about me and and and, because you know this i mean i know what i don't know but i'm really really confident in what i do know and so i think the thing i had to go uh was to make sure again when i did my contract and everything that i had a salary pool to be able to go out and get the staff that i wanted right and i think that was important for me to go in and get high make hires that you know, I knew what I didn't know and tried to find people that did. And, you know, so I had a little bit, of, I got some, some more roles 
um, and different different jobs that weren't weren't in place to, to make sure that we had enough people to to service our players and help build the program. You know, and then there, obviously there was some learning curve in there. Sure. We had like a, a senior advisor that we added. Um, uh, we had a basketball operation. Then we had a, uh, a director of recruiting and, and scouting. And, and I think probably probably one of the best hires that I ever had was was, was Andy Fox. You know, I mean, he was it was referred to me by, you know, Anthony Wilkins, who worked with him in Tulane and worked for, you know, those guys sure. um, well. And I think just having a guy that had, had a real understanding of the scheduling, you know, different things that you never really even think about, like the actual schedule. You just thought maybe somebody they send out the schedule to play <laughs> these teams. But no, it's like it's a real process. And it's a science. Know, and it's, it's almost and a it's science lucrative college, for, yeah. for certain for teams to be yeah. able to play certain teams so i'm like man this this is this is new to me absolutely that, that, that so. that's so great how about uh the recruiting aspect okay because now many players in the sec by that time they've get they went and gave fall commitments okay so now you're scrambling to put together new a new roster of new players so how, how did that go well, yeah, it was, I mean, it was new. I mean, at first, like I said, learning curve, understanding like the time restraints that you have in college, of, you know, just being able to be on the floor, like in the pros, you can go in there, you can stay forever. Anytime you want. They want to work, you can work. <laughs> but now you got restrictions on the time that you can actually do strength training and the time you can do basketball court. And it's like four hours a week in the summer. Sure. So those are things that you um, learn. And then, like I said, we had some guys that jumped into the portal um, once they had the coaching change. So we lost. You know, lost guys um, from that, and and again, I and I didn't rush to to try to track them down because it was like, okay, you know, first sign of adversity, you know, this, the guys are gone. They're not guys that I really want to be a part of what we're trying to build anyway. Sure. And now it gives me an opportunity to go in and get my own guys, even though it's late in late in the year. You know, can we find a couple of you know folk that make make some sense for us that are still you know seniors and then tapping into the transfer market. And I thought we did really good there. We added, um, you know, DJ Harvey, who was at, you know, at Notre Dame, who was a double figure score for them. Um, you know, he set out this year, so he's going to be in play for us next year. Quentin Millar Brown, who was a, uh, double figure score and, and almost, uh, 89 rebounds a game as a freshman at Rice. Uh, and so those, those are guys that I'm, I'm really big on for, for next year. Uh, we signed Jordan Wright out of out of Baton Rouge, uh, New Orleans area, who was still, um, you know, was highly ranked as a you know junior senior, kind of cooled off, so he was still available as a senior. And then just just to fill the roster, right? You know, we had to have enough players to play. Um, so I think, and then we get into the season, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, looking around, I'm like, okay, I got you know, Aaron e. Smith here, Saban Lee here. I mean, we got some pieces. We're about to do some things. We're about to surprise some people. Mm-hmm. And we get off to a great start. You know what I'm saying? You know, eight and five, eight and four. And, and then first game of conference play, you know, adversity hits again. Aaron Neesmith, we're losing for the season. You know, and that's, you know, not only just we lose a player. I mean, Cleveland Brown, we lost him a couple uh, weeks before. And that's our, our starting center. So here I am now down to, <laughs> you know, six scholarship players. Wow. <laughs> you know, and, and some walk-ons. And still expecting to win every game, coach. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody, you know, I really feel like if we continue because we're beating ourselves to go back and watch the film and look at the things that we're doing, we're not doing enough right, you know, of what we know how to do. And once we start doing that, things will turn. 
And lo and behold, they, they did turn. But I think those are the, the things that you just, um, you know, 24 points out of your lineup at the, you know, at the first game of the season. I mean, this kid is leading the nation in three-point shooting. Every one of my cute sets are, yeah. are, are, are nice ending with, with, yeah. with, with threes, <laughs> and he's gone. Like right? I mean, to man, devastating for him. You know, probably felt worse for him because he's literally the guy that you talk about. You know, in the gym early, staying late till you almost have to tell him to go home. That's who he is, and now he's gone. He's out of play. He's in a boot for the rest of the year. Got to have surgery. So now it's about, okay, is woe is me? No, no, man, we still got enough. Got got to figure it out. You know, got to figure out a different way to play. Some guys got to, you know, get some different roles. And we do that on the fly. And and you know, I think they continually watched our guys get better and better and to the point where we end the season on, on a really good note. And um, so I think that was the – we have a foundation of, of how we want to do things and how we want to play that's going to, you know, really – be big for us as we move forward but you know again i had to get credit to those guys and it was legitimately you know three three walk-ons three four walk-ons out there that, that, that we were counting on to, to to play valuable minutes for us and did those in in big wins toward the end of the season against um, alabama and, and against south carolina so uh we we feel good man about you know getting our pieces that once we get everybody adding some um adding the recruits, finally getting the, the guys that we want in here and have the identity of, of what we want to see. I mean, the, the recruiting pieces, it is what it is. Like, I can't just go into the gym and top 100 and like, oh, I love him. Uh, let's, let's, let's call him and see. You know, it's different because of the academic standards we, we have here, but we don't. I don't use that as an excuse. It just sure. narrows our pool a little bit, but knowing that we just got to, once we, you know, there are all the recruiting services. Everybody wants us to buy a recruiting service. The ones that value, that has value to me is ones that has a, a GPA on it and uh, some test scores. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the ones that I, now that helps me kind of sort through talent as well as the ones that can come here and be successful in the classroom. As a competitor, and you are, I would say, of all the guys I've been around in the NBA, you're as fierce as any of them you know you remind me of you have that same as isaiah did i mean just you know you know you just compete man and you know you're not i mean the the buzzer might go off and they say you lost but you didn't lose you know you, you so how did one handle when you start sec play and they, they keep saying every day oh the streak continues which you had nothing to do with a year ago, you know, when yeah. they, they, you know, and, and, you know, when they lose 19 or whatever. But now you have that breakthrough against LSU. Who's one of the top two teams in the league, if not the top team in the league at that time? How was that for those kids to break? Man, it was unbelievable to watch because they were never like, again, it was like everybody kind of knew us, the elephant in the room because everybody yeah. talked about it. But for us, we never really talked about it. Like, sure. I, I didn't bring that in on those kids because in reality it wasn't on us right yeah. you know we let's talk about how many games we lost this season right you know if that's the case then that, all right we'll focus anything that's tacked on okay we we'll accept it because we're part of the program and we're you know and, and, and we accept that charge our shoulders are big enough to take it right but for us let's just keep getting better and of of understanding what we need to do and like i said we got smart kids so they understand it but it doesn't necessarily um, the retention of that in the heat of the moment in a, in in a close game in a competitive game at the SEC level doesn't always allow for you to to have that application of you going out there and doing it. 
And so I think those are the things that we had to continue to be monotonous about, you know, every day in practice, you know, shell drill, close out drills, um, you know, four man multiple drills, making sure that we're understanding and aware of the actions that we're going to see in the game. And once we get start to, to, to get, do those things consistently, we saw what we see when we do those things, good things happen for us. And I think that that's the, that was continually my message and those guys continually you know, bought into it and continued to work on their individual games. And again, for us to start on the fly, I mean, you know, during the season of how we needed to try to play, like I said, we were pretty much, you know, and rightfully so, a guy averaging 24 points shooting the, shooting the three at a 54% clip. We were kind of airing left, airing right up, airing up the middle, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, now we had to become more Saving Lee, who was, you know, you know, started the year as the sixth man for us because of just trying to have the the best way and the best groups to win. Now he's the focal point and he's starting now. So we got to do all of these things on the fly. And at the same time, teaching these guys how to play. They don't even really know how to play. And it's like, it's not like I have a experienced group just because they were juniors and some of them are juniors and, and you know, seniors. They were all new to how we wanted to play and how we wanted to do things. So I think that was it's basically essentially a team of all freshmen. So I think, that, but again, some of those kids learning curves are different and they learn different. I think that's the most important thing in coaching that you have to see that not everybody learns the same way and you got to try to hit them at, at, at all three levels. 100%. Great observation. And, uh, you know, I, I, I happened to catch, ironically, both of your Kentucky games. And boy, you competed against those guys and yeah. had them on the ropes, actually, you know, and, and that was that when you can do that to Cal's teams, who's a hell of a coach and has really good guys. I think that's a great confidence boost for your kids. No doubt. I mean, you know, it was a tough play. I mean, we did everything that we could. And then all of a sudden, there's some things that just started happening rump that we've <laughs> – <laughs> that's a little bit different. Cal starts yelling, and all of a sudden, the 14-point lead turns to about four real quick. So, I mean, but again, that's the thing that you have to be aware. I mean, on the road, you got to know that it's going to be tough to go in and win. And hopefully we get to the level uh, and plan – at a clip to where it's going to be really tough for teams to come in here and, and, and win. And I think, but we, we competed and gave ourselves a chance and came down to a little bit of a, you know, a talent gap there in the end, but that, that's not going to be the case um, too long here going forward when we're able to try to, you know, put our imprint and bring the type of talent in that we know that we, you know, we can get. Let me say this. I, I've coached uh, obviously in Memorial Coliseum, right? Uh, tell me, Tell me what it was like for you to go in there where you're coaching from the end at the baseline. No, it really wasn't much for me, again, because I'm so you're locked in. And you're allowed to go up the sidelines as a head coach. Every, yeah. So when I walk, you know, I can still walk up the sidelines. So my, you know, kind of my perspective of the game didn't, didn't change. You know, having to look back sometime at the bench, and it was almost better. I mean, I could see who was down, <laughs> on the, down there. As That's opposed good point. to trying to look down and see who was sitting there was – Pretty good, and I kept looking back down there like I was going to, you know, invent a player. <laughs> but no, but it's like okay, and that's why, you know, you start calling. Got to got to get these guys a break. So hey, you know, John Jossel, he had been a manager for three years, and we, you know, just saw his heart, man, and how he competitive made him a, you know, walk on in his senior year. Uh-huh. And he's, you know, so, so it's like, man, the guy went from. Washing, washing the team's clothes to getting his, his clothes washed in his senior year and, and helped us win some games. That's man. great. So just, 
those were great stories that we got out of this year, even though it wasn't you know, from a uh, you know from a win loss standpoint. It obviously wasn't what, what we expected, what I expected, you know, even to start the season. But I you know feel good about the fact that we we got better and, and definitely have an understanding of how to play the game. And lastly, um, uh, by far, not even not even question, by far the best dressed coach in the league. By far, oh, man, the man, Chuck Daly. The Chuck Daly of the SEC. Modest, but you're not wrong on that. No, <laughs> not even close. Not even close. I mean, you wrote, you wrote, you wrote all the stuff out. Now you got, and you got some new stuff. I love it. Uh, hey, I, man, I get it from my mama. Man, my mama was always big. She always dressed up to go to church. And, oh, uh, yeah, and you know, always had to have her hat on. She also made sure Easter Sunday that we always got a, a fresh soup. So that's yeah. something I just well, uh, praise, I, I, praise, I to praise, her for praise sure. Praise Mama. That, that's fabulous. I'm so proud of you, man. I am really so proud of you. Let me ask you the last thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, we're we're recording this the first week, kind of. I'm, I'm dating it a little bit intentionally, but the first week after basically the, our college and the sports world has closed. And, and we're all put on ice for a while. Okay, what do you and your staff? What do you have planned to, and or do you, you know, for what you're going to do to, you know, improve or work on your game or whatever? Yeah, I mean, because you can't do us, anything with the kids. It's all kind of a wait yeah. and wait and see right yeah. now, right? Like campus is kind of closed. I mean, the SEC has stepped in and uh, really shut down all recruiting off campus, on campus. So again, we got to wait and kind of see what those dates shape 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 out to be as the as the summer goes on hopefully you know we clear this thing up and you know we're able to get back to to business as usual and and normal but again it's like there's so many things that we learned you know from from this year like i said again like like in the nba corner threes right they're deaf not so much in college so i mean you just learn different things and different ways that you can scheme and 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 game plan that that's a little bit different and, and we've done that and we'll be better because of it that's awesome. Stack, I appreciate this, and I know coaches around the world that are listening uh, really do, and uh, I can almost guarantee you'll be one of the highest rates of all time people listening because no one has anything else to do. They, so, they, they have anything else. Yeah, so this, this will be great. <laughs> by really, default, huh? Yeah, well, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it's the guest by far, but uh, I'm, I'm so appreciative of you. Thank you so much, Stack. Appreciate I appreciate you, Coach. Thanks for having me. Right, Amazing. I, I love this guy, and uh, our history goes back a long way. But uh, so proud, so proud of him and uh, his development. I'm telling you, this guy had NBA head coach all over him, and uh, Vanderbilt got themselves an absolute fantastic young coach uh, that's really going to turn their program around. Uh, so that's one to watch. And I re- appreciate him giving us his time during this really, really crucial time in our country what's going on so he he stepped right up to help coaches throughout the world on this one so really appreciative of jerry for doing that uh just want to remind everyone to follow us at uh on our twitter account uh at coaching underscore you uh look in your email box and look at coaching you live.com and just look to see what's happening with our live events with some podcasts and some other new things that we're trying to put out there to help coaches during this time so uh again as always uh 
we're there for you and uh any way we can help uh please reach out to us and uh you know please send us an email or, or you know dm on our, our twitter accounts uh to see if there's any ideas that you have that we can help you with during this time so until next week this is the coach brendan sir 